Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchofvictoria.com, or you can check us out at Facebook at facebook.com slash vctchurch. If you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video we're going to be in we're going to pick up in exodus chapter 7 last week we left off as as moses started to turn the river into blood we found i found the the uh, papyrus that i wanted to look at and i found the wikipedia article so we can we can take a look at that and okay. kind of have a good laugh but uh, before we do all that <laughs> a good laugh. let's go ahead and pray all right father in heaven we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study your word again we pray your blessings upon us as we do this we pray father you help us to have insight and clarity of thought that we might uh, navigate through all of this uh, in, in the right way and find what it is that you want us to know and father that we might present it in a way that our audience can hear and understand and then and then have the courage to uh, to apply it to their lives just bless us father as we do this this morning Thank you for the opportunity, and thank you again for loving us so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, so we're in Exodus chapter 7. So if you recall what's going on, you know, Moses and Aaron have have confronted Pharaoh. They've made the argument. They said, hey, you need to let our people go so we can go worship in the wilderness. And, you know, our God has called us. And Pharaoh goes, I don't know this God. I don't care. He increased their burdens. Mm -hmm. he, they have to make their own bricks now. Um, and they have to gather their own straw and make their own bricks now. And so it's things have gotten increasingly worse, and now we're we're going to start to see this first miraculous sign with this river turned into blood. So there's no question that God is on the move, and we're going to see Him work in a lot of powerful ways. Um, well, not actually the first miraculous sign. They already had a they already had a snake. Right, right. They had a they staff. Eat yeah, but the magicians did that too. Yeah, the magicians did that too. They're well, not going to. They're going to do this too, though. Yeah, they are. They're, they're going to do this. They're going to do this too a little yeah. bit, but. What I, what I wanted to ask is, you know, looking at this text, God is moving in, in great, powerful ways, obvious ways. Is that how God works today? I think, I think, uh, like you know, when God starts to work, do we know it? See, and that, and that becomes a little bit more difficult, right? No, I don't think we always know. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. I think God can absolutely work in powerful ways. And I think he does still today. I've seen it. I've seen God work in powerful ways. People had had, had, had were sick, dying, and not sick anymore. Uh, not laying hands on or anything like that, but just God showing up and making someone well at the at the request of, of people praying. A lot of people praying. Uh, I, I've been involved in that before, uh, where I've seen that. Uh, I've seen God also sneak up on people. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you kind of sneak up on him, and, and you know, pretty soon you don't. He's still working in a powerful way, but he's working in a way where you don't really recognize the powerful way. Here, this is powerful, and you recognize it. People, everybody's going to know that 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 staff swallowed up that other those other snakes. Everybody's going to know this is blood. Everybody's going to know they're frogs. Everybody's going to know this. They're going to see it powerfully. But God's working. You know, when when he's when he's doing working behind the scenes, it's still powerful. It just you may not see it as powerful. This is very open, very out in front. You don't think God's working today in 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 very uh, um, very behind the scenes ways? I I think that we struggle to recognize where He's working, and and that could be because you know there could be a lot of factors involved in that. So it could be something as simple as we don't have the right glasses on. I think 
I think we're very much told that uh, that whenever people are reading God's word with the right heart, God's working. That's not that's not overly dramatic. That's not powerful where he's healing cancer, but it's still dramatic in a, in a sense of itself. Jesus said, "You'll know about me because God will teach you. He'll teach you." That's what he said. He said, "He'll my Father will teach you. You will be taught by Him." That's the people who come to me, the ones that are taught by Him. Okay, what well, is that? Is that mean He's working all the time? Means working all the time, all the time. He's always working, always working. You know, when when someone opens a book and they're reading and they're studying from the heart and they and they really want to know God's working. God can can navigate people through the text. And I think there's other times when when uh, when godly people pray for people. I think that I think I've seen God show up in dramatic ways, and I've seen Him choose not to show up. And I think that's God working as well when he chooses not to show. You know, we well, just got to be a part of a funeral the other day mm -hmm. of a man who who uh, people that worship here will know. Name was Pete, you know, a uh, very likable guy. And but I think that God worked in his life in a very dramatic way. You know, he blew up a barrel and blew his leg off is what got him to quit drinking and got him to come start listening to what Tim Green was saying and come to church. And then, then I got involved, and you got involved, and other people got involved, and we baptized him, and you know, and then, what nine, ten months later, they found him laying out in the dirt, and he's gone. The only thing God worked in his life, I think, the I think maybe the blowing up of the barrel was God saying, "You've been saying for a long time you needed God in your life. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to put you in a hospital, and now we'll see if you really want me in your life or not." Mm -hmm. And that's when he called Tim. He said, Tim, I can't do this anymore. He said, I need, I need, you know, he, he and he didn't do it in the hospital. He got, wait till he got out. And then, then he, and you know, how did he work? I think God worked through Tim. I think he worked through you, through me, through my small group on Friday night. I think he worked through all of us, through this church. I think God was working in a very dramatic way in that guy's life. I mean, look, there's no question in my mind that God wants to work with his church. But it's mm -hmm. his work, and he's been Absolutely. doing it. He's been doing it since the creation of the world, I and mean, he's doing it right now. Mm -hmm. He's he is working right now. His plan, Ephesians chapter one, tells us That's that right. this was the plan before That's the right. foundation of the earth was laid to bring about the church through Christ. And so, God is working right now to do that. God is working right now because he created every single person. He created all of us. All mm -hmm. of us are created mm -hmm. in his image, mm -hmm. and he wants what he made. Just like if I go to work, I want to get paid for that, right? I want what's mine. We are gods. We belong to God, and he wants us. And so he's working to bring as many people to him as he can. I think I think sometimes we fail to see how he works. You know, we fail to see his hand in things, or we fail to see why he allows Satan to do what he does and how he turns Satan's works over to him. Okay. I think when we have the wrong glasses on, when we're not looking at the world through the eyes of God, but through the eyes of us, you know, we see all this economic chaos going on right now, and people are upset. You know, well, is is God letting Satan do something? Yeah, he is. But what is God doing behind that? Right? Every good and perfect gift is from above, from That's our exactly Father of heavenly yeah, rights. Okay. And who so there not is no whether God, if not the question should not is God working? Is uh, how, how is we, he? How working? do we perceive him working? How do we see it? When? How, why do we miss it? Why and do I we think, miss God working? I think when we want to do this, yeah, we do. You know, yeah. and when we want to look at. You know, we want to dictate whether God is working based on whether, you know, I have enough. I, I feel like I have enough. I've well, been blessed with enough Romans money. Romans 13 says that he puts governments in power. And then we get all all cranked up, been out of shape when an election don't go our way. Well, God's working. 
when the election might not go the way we feel it should. And however, look, I don't care which political party you're a member of. That's you not, feel that's like not that's not what we're talking about. That's not about. the point here. We're talking about, so the election doesn't go the way you think, however you thought it should go, it doesn't go. The Supreme Court doesn't hand down decisions the way you think they should. Congress doesn't pass laws the way that you think is right or the way you think God would want. And we get upset, but do we forget that God makes everything work out for his glory and for his, towards his purposes? He can take Satan's worst work. I would say that Satan worked very hard to kill Christ. Mm -hmm. He worked very hard. He thought that was what he needed to do. And he worked real hard to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And it happened. And what did God do? That was what God wanted from the get-go. And yeah. he used it to bring yeah. about salvation yeah. for all mankind. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, could God take a bad Supreme Court decision or a bad president or a bad world leader? I mean, think about North Korea. You or, know, a how bad, or a bad mate. Or a bad mate. Can he not take those things and use them towards his Absolutely. glory and his Absolutely. purposes and bringing Absolutely. people to the saving knowledge of Christ. Absolutely. So it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I think God is I think God is working all the time. I think we miss it because we don't have the right glasses on. Yeah. We don't have the right yeah. lenses in which we filter the world. Got it. And so how how does it happen here in mighty broad ways? I would say it happened during the time of Christ in mighty and broad ways yeah. as well. And so in God initiates And it's still things. doing that today. It's just yeah. we're not as focused that way well, anymore. Almost 2,000 years later, and there are still people who call themselves Christians walking the planet. You know, that's impressive. That's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. Because they tried really hard to uh, to eliminate them. Yeah, they did. They tried really hard tried to eliminate really them. Really hard. Yeah. Well, and he's, Pharaoh's going to try really hard, too. He's going to resist with everything he's got. So we're going to pick up in verse 14. You know, then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. Notice, uh, notice the description there, right? Not, I made Pharaoh's heart unyielding, but Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. So go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the river. Confront him on the bank of the Nile. Uh, confront him on the bank of the Nile and take in your hand the staff that was changed into a snake. Then say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. So this is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff, stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and the canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the vessels of wood and of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smell, smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. I'm going to stop right there. Did this actually happen? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it would seem like from the text... That this actually happened now this now the things that are about to occur in egypt they are so powerful that 40 years later okay 40 years after the wandering and all, all that people in in the land of canaan where the israelites are going where god is going to lead them to are going to remember them and are going to be terrified of yeah them. yep you would think something of this proportion somebody else somewhere would have written this down i mean egypt was a thriving was a was a, with a with a mo, one of the most powerful countries. Yeah, this wasn't on done the in a box. Yeah, this one exactly. This one done in a box. a box. There should have been other witnesses to it. Well, it just so happens, <laughs> just so happens that there's this interesting ancient papyrus text. Now, remember, I've said before that there is other evidence that the evidence for the Exodus is so strong 
that it's not a question of, of if it occurred, but it's a question of when. And so we don't know if it occurred during in, in this date or in this date. But there's this, this really interesting um, papyrus text called the Papyrus of Ipur. And I want to read a little bit from it uh, today. And just and just kind of look at some this of the is things what you were this looking for says. last yeah, week. Yeah, this is what I was looking for. I couldn't remember you, the name that of it we, that we referred to last week. Right. Okay. And so this is now we don't have the complete papyrus. We don't have that. It's an it's an ancient. It's like it's really ancient. You know, we it's only have bits and, bits and of pieces it. of it. But of the bits and pieces we have, this is well, this is its reading, and this is just one little section that we have of it. Plague is throughout the land. Blood is everywhere. The river is blood. Men shrink from tasting human beings and thirst after water. That is our water. That is our happiness. What shall we do in respect thereof? All is ruin. Well, golly gee, doesn't that sound like what we just read? Mm -hmm. But fear not, just in case you now, are concerned. Do they know who wrote that? Uh, well, they, they believe it's this guy named Ipur. Okay. But they, they know what date. It, they've dated it back to about 1500 B.C. Okay. And so they, they have some theories on who wrote it. But I, what I want to point out is... That's about the time frame. That is the time frame. Yeah, That's it's the time, dated, the time frame. It's dated to that range in which yeah. we think the Exodus occurred. And there are scholars that argue both sides of this thing. But I want to point out what Wikipedia says about it. Because if... I mean, look, if you're looking up information, Wikipedia is one of the first places people go. So mm -hmm. I just want to point out what it, uh, Wikipedia says about it, right? Um the papyrus statement that the river is blood, which, by the way, that's just one statement. There's a whole lot more. That's not the only statement it makes that coincides with the Exodus, but that's the one that Wikipedia talks about, right? The one I just read. The papyrus statement that the river of blood, uh, river is blood phrase may refer to the red sediment coloring of the Nile during disastrous floods or simply be a poetic image of turmoil. <laughs> so here's the thing. God says in, in his book, this is what happened, right? We find other documents dating from around that time period that also point out these things happened. And what is it that the world says? Oh, no, no, no. That didn't really happen because, you know, as we know, the river doesn't really turn into blood. No, it must have been the red sediment. I've heard some scholars say, well, it's because a volcano erupted somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm like, I heard this on Discover Channel one time that, that they were... They were trying to equate the, the the changing of the color of the water to the red sediment coming from up 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 the you know farther up the river. Yeah, I mean it's 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 absolutely red sediment wouldn't make the river stink though. We're we're gonna come back. See what I've I've already said. There's more. There's more on this tablet. Okay. okay. So there's more on here that correlates to what's what's being said in the Exodus, what's being said during this time. So as we run across these, we'll come back and look at it. Okay. But for right now. The river turned to blood, and apparently Upur did not like that one bit. <laughs> it didn't sound like he liked it. He didn't it. like it. He didn't like it's it so our, much. It's our life. It's our happiness. I mean, you know how important is the river? How it's important it, it's is our water? happiness? Our happiness is gone. Our life is gone because the river's turned to blood. So he wouldn't have said that if it would just turn red sediment. So we know we know how how what God is doing. We know how Moses what Moses did, and we know how Pharaoh. It, we're going to see how Pharaoh reacts to it right now. But Apur, who apparently was writing during this time, the, the calamity that this had on e Egypt is just unfathomable. Mm -hmm. We can't even we can't even understand. I mean, you know, we've we've like Michigan, right? Didn't have in Flint, Michigan, they didn't have clean drinking water. There's another town in Michigan. Apparently, they used a lot of lead pipes over there. I don't understand why they did that. But you know, these people don't have clean drinking water here in Victoria. Our water was shut off for seven days. 
during that freeze, you know? Mm -hmm. That was pretty horrific. Imagine turning on your faucet and blood comes out, you know? I mean... Pretty horrific. It's pretty horrific. So in verse 22, But the Egyptian magicians did the same things by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. So I want to point out again here, it says, And his heart became hard. It didn't say that God hardened it. It just no. noted that his heart became hard. Okay. So... And as the Lord had said, right? So as the Lord had predicted, that's what happened. Instead, he turned and went into his palace and did not even take this to heart. And all the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. I, I just want to stop for a second. When God starts moving... How important is it for us to pay attention? Well, it's extremely important, but you know, you know, I mean, you remember back when you were, before you were a Christian, if God would have been moving in your life, would you, would you have been paying attention? Would you have, or would you have made an excuse for it? You know, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. And so, you know, Proverbs chapter one talks about this, that wisdom is calling, is always calling. Mm -hmm. And are we going to turn and are we going to listen to it? In the New Testament, it says, you know, don't harden your hearts as they did, talking yeah. about the Israelites yeah. in the wilderness wandering. Don't harden your hearts as they did. You know, when we when we teach the book, when we get into the Word of God, it's the Word. It is His Word. It is His Spirit going out and contending with people. And the question, what I've always said, and you know, you know this too, is when we sit down and study with people, it's not between me and the person. No. It's between God and them. I'm just reading what the book says. I'm just talking about what the book says, and I'm allowing the Spirit I'm not allowing, but the spirit is going out and contending with that person. Mm -hmm. And so how important is it for that person who's contending with that spirit, with the spirit of God himself, to to yield to that spirit? Well, <laughs> I mean, where does it lead to if we don't? Well, it leads to, it leads to annihilation. It leads to catastrophe. It leads to chaos. It leads to hopelessness. There is no hope. You know, when, when we try to navigate life ourselves, when we... We start navigating through life ourselves and calling the shots, pulling the strings, doing all that thing. You know, you know yourself what happens. It goes from bad to worse. It may go from bad to good for a bit, and then it goes from good to bad again, and then from bad to worse, and then maybe back to good again. Because we do make some some decent choices at some time, and, and things can clip along pretty good for a while. But it ultimately, at the end, at the end, what's going to happen? At the end, we're all going to face what Pete did. We're all going to face death at some point. Every one of us has has a, is going by what we've done here is are going to be judged then by what we've done here, and so our responsibility is pay attention. When you open God's word, pay attention. When you watch God work, pay attention. You know when God is working, don't try to give credit to Satan when it's God working. If you don't know, then keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. Just roll with it. If if uh, if you're if you're reading God's word. And you're struggling trying to understand and you don't know understand, you know, then call us. We will help. You know, we will help. We'll we'll set up a we'll set up a an online study with you. Yeah, if that's what we need to do. You you've had them before. Mm -hmm. You know, if you live in this town, man, you can come to my Friday night class. I promise you, we'll answer your questions there. I mean, there's ways to, to figure out what is it that God's trying to say here and what's he trying to do. And then and then guys be patient well and and i would argue that the message that god is trying to tell you is the same thing that he's telling pharaoh mm -hmm. give Absolutely. it up give it up yeah it's not about what you want it's not about what you want to do 
give it up. And well, Pharaoh is unwi- unwilling to do that. There he's telling Pharaoh, let my people go. Well, no, but th- what does Pharaoh want to do? Pharaoh wants to hold on to the slaves, right? Mm-hmm. And this and this really goes all the way back to Genesis, right? Sure, In the garden, yeah. right? I don't want to rule with God. I don't mm-hmm. care about what God has to say. I'm going to take the knowledge for myself and rule on my own, right? That's, right. That's, that, that's the garden account. So, and they got cast out of the garden. And that's exactly what Pharaoh is doing. And we saw the ramifications of that back in Genesis. Remember, you know, after Genesis 3, what did we have? They fell, they took wisdom, they're going to rule on their own. And then Genesis 4, they killed Cain. Or Cain killed Abel, rather. Right? So Cain killed Abel. Right. So when we rule on our own, what happens? Murder. And then what happened? Society got so bad. Sin and chaos. That God said, no, I'm going to flood it over. Pharaoh is standing for that now. And what's going on with Pharaoh? God is coming to him and saying, yield to me. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh says, "No, I'm not going to do it." See, and it's the same for us, Cole. Every, every, when I when I come to God, when I come when I open His book and I come to Him, you know, I, sometimes I'm coming face to face with 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 the powerful the power of God, and I'm and I've got a decision to make. You know, am I going to yield to Him, or am I going to harden my heart? That's right. And so often, many we've done that. We've hardened our heart, not yielded, and but God doesn't give up. Because he does know our heart. He's not going to give up here because he's got an, he's got an ultimate in here. It's to save his people. We need to pay attention to this, though. Yeah, absolutely, we do. And we need to pay attention to Proverbs 1. Yeah. Because Proverbs 1 reminds us. We talk about we serve a God of second chances all the time, mm-hmm. right? But there comes a point. I can't say when it is because no. it's not up to me. You can't say no. what it is. I would never look at somebody and say they're past the point of no return. No. I don't know when that is. You don't know when that is. God is the only one no. who decides that. But there comes a point. Where the, our God of second chances is going to look at you and say, I've contended with you long enough. You refuse to yield. I'm done with you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to do that with Pharaoh. And in Proverbs 1, he warns people, if wisdom is calling to you, if my spirit is contending with you and you refuse and you continually harden your hearts like Pharaoh, you refuse to turn and do what you know you ought to do. I'm done with you. At some point. At some point. He, he says that in Romans chapter 1. He does. He said he turned them over to a reprobate mind. He let people do. They wanted to burn passion with each other. He, they didn't want to acknowledge him. They, they want to ignore him. He said, fine, then I'm going to turn you over. And he turned them over to a reprobate mind. Man, that's serious. That's serious stuff. So we need to pay, we need to pay careful attention to Pharaoh because what God is doing with Pharaoh, what, what he's trying to get done with through Pharaoh and what he's trying to get done with us really isn't that dissimilar. No, He's asking no. Pharaoh to give yourself up, to yeah. let it, to let go, to stop yeah. trying to rule. Same on thing your He's own. asking us. Same thing He's asking us today. Let go. Let God in. Let God have. Let God take over, because the, He. That's the only way peace and hope come. That's right. So. But Pharaoh is going to continually refuse, and so God is going to keep hitting him. And there comes a point where Pharaoh may have said, may have turned, but then God says, "No, nope, it's too late." Think of what power it could have been if Pharaoh had taken his nation. And followed God. Of course, God knew that wasn't going to happen. God knew that wasn't going to happen. But what if he had of? Think about what it could mean in your life, guys. If God's still waiting on the periphery, waiting for you to make the decision to take you and your family and say, we're going to start following God. We're not going to follow the principles of a church. We're just going to follow the principles of God. We're going to look at what God says. We're going to get worship. in the book, in his word, yep. and we're going to find those principles. And that's what we're going to and do. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to find a place to worship that is teaching those principles. And and we're going to, and, and I'm, if, if it's, if I was the first one in my family, you were the first one in your family. I'm going to take my family where it needs to go. I'm going to lead them. He could have led his nation. Could have. Well, and don't, and what I don't want to hear is, 
oh, well, God he God knew that he was going to do it, so Pharaoh didn't have a choice. That's nonsense. No. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Pharaoh, God's given him every opportunity. Pharaoh always, ha- we always have a choice. He crouched, remember in Genesis chapter 4, right? Cain crouched, was crouched at the door. God said, Satan. sin. Sin, sin is crouching at the door, talking to Cain, and you must master it. He looked at Saul and said, if you follow and, and follow my decrees and follow my commands, I'll enshrine your, your house over Israel for all time. So don't tell me that we don't have a choice. We absolutely have a choice. Now, just because God knows doesn't mean we don't have a choice. And, and some too, just because we have the choice and we, we don't, we, David did not do well at times making the right choices. No, he didn't. Okay. He made, he made, but God's patient with us. That's right. And he's loving and kind and caring. He'd done the same thing with Pharaoh. God's desire is that all mankind repent. Mm-hmm. First Peter or two, rather, Sec- second, second Peter, Peter chapter, chapter two, two, verse, verse nine. nine mm-hmm. Right. And God is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. God's does desires that all mankind turns. He created every single one of us. He created me, he created you, he created you, right. he created all of us. Right. And he wants us to, he created Pharaoh. He created Pharaoh. God formed Pharaoh in his yep. mother's womb. Yep. He knew the number of hairs on his head. Yeah. Yep. And gosh, he was patient with him. But Pharaoh chose his destruction. You've got that choice every day. Absolutely. All right. So in chapter 8, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. And so the frogs were so bad, apparently, mm-hmm. that, that was enough for Pharaoh to go, okay, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to yep. do it. Yep. How does God deal with lip service? <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is God knows when it's lip service. He knows when it's garbage. You know, because he knows us. He knows he knows when it's garbage. When we're just when we're just offering just to get somebody off our back, just to you know, okay, well, I'll go to church this week. You know, God knows when it's when it's not sincere. He knows when it's not true. He knows. You know, and he's and you know, Pharaoh's gonna say tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. You know, how many times have we said that? Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. I'll get started on that. Yeah. Next week. I'll come church next week. January first is you know. Yeah, first, make a first year. resolution. I'm gonna start going to church. Resolution, right? I'm gonna start yeah. going to church. Yeah. yeah. I talk to a lot of people. I talk to people all the time. And I'm constantly amazed at how many of them will say, uh, well, yeah, but, well, I've I got, you know, I, I'll i try to get there. I'll try to come, invite people to come. I'll, I'll try to get there. You know, I'll, I'll try. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming this week. And then they don't show up. They don't show up. And then they don't show up. And they don't show up. And But it doesn't mean you quit trying. No. God's still, God's still going to keep giving opportunities. At some point, he'll stop. I don't know when that is. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and so... Yo, he used it. I'm not going to stop. Moses ain't going to stop. No. God will have a gut full at some point, 
but he's going to have to tell Moses when that is. Oh, right. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to have to tell absolutely. me when it is. So I guess I guess it comes down to is there insincere obedience or insincere oh, faith? Absolutely. 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 And God doesn't accept it. We see people all the time doing that. I tell you, how many times you heard me say on Sunday morning, you know, right over there in that auditorium, there are going to be people that are going to come to church on Sunday morning that one day are going to die and go to hell. I don't know who they are. I don't have any idea who they are. But just because you come to church on Sunday morning does not give you a ticket punch to heaven. If you're trying to ticket punch your way to heaven, it's not going to work. No, that doesn't work. It never works. That's not going to work. It never did, never will. God wants your entire life. He wants your heart. He wants everything you are. He says, right, the greatest command is this. The law and the prophets, everything that was ever written, all, all of it all hinges on this one thing. Yep. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it right there. And depending on when this comes out, I'll have just recently preached through that. So you can go find that on our, our YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and you can see where I preach through that if you'd like to watch that sermon. But the point is God wants everything you are. He wants everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that you will be. He wants you to say, I'm going to bet my life on God. Yeah, That's what he wants. And if you're not doing that, and if you think just showing up on a Sunday morning and punching a ticket, is that? It's not. You know better. Yeah. You know better. See, the thing is. And if you don't, God will no, inform no, no, you. No, 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 no. God will inform you. If, if that's you, you know it's you. I don't know it's you. You can deceive I, me. You can deceive Dan. You I, can deceive I, I all no sorts idea. of people. But you know in your heart whether you're really giving yourself over to God or not. You know. There's no, we're, we're not, no one's confused about it. We all know. And so what I'm telling you is God knows too. Stop playing a game and get real about it. Yeah. Because this is a real thing. Yeah. One day you will die. One day you will stand before God. And one day you'll have to answer Satan, just like me. I, I mean, just like Pharaoh, Pharaoh is going gonna, is gonna to keep on this track. And it, it, it very quickly he's going to be dead mm -hmm. because he will not he will not come over to God and bow before God. That's right. So verse nine of chapter eight, Moses said to Pharaoh, "I leave to you the honor of setting the time right." He said that verse ten. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said, Moses replied, "It will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials, and your people. They remain. They will remain only in the Nile." So verse 12, after Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought on Pharaoh. And the Lord said, the Lord did what Moses asked. The, Pharaoh, the frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. They were piled into heaps, and the land reeked of them. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, who hardened his heart? He hardened his heart. No, God did it. Hmm? It's God did it. <laughs> That's not what it says. It's not what, not it, what says. it says. Not what it says. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. God is trying and trying and trying. God is reaching out. He knows the answer. You don't. You know. You know I, it, well, hold on. He knows. He knows what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Do not lie to yourself and say, well, because God knows, it's already decided. That is not the case. No. You, we have no idea. See, we're, we're brushing up. We keep brushing up of, of this concept of called aseity. Aseity is a fancy, fancy term to talk about how God's just absolute greatness over us. Okay. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty right now about time and God. 
okay? But understand that time is not, does not have authority over God. God has authority over time. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He created time. We function within it. God is outside of it. Do not look at God and point your finger at him and tell him, this is how it works for you. Just because we don't understand how it works for God. Yeah. I am telling you now, God knows. God knows what you're going to do. You don't. You don't have any idea. So don't use that as an excuse to say, I can't turn and follow God. Don't do that. So I've talked to someone. I've done it. I've done it in my life. Before I came to God, I was told it's a 50-50 shot. God chose all these people before time ever began. He chose them all to be saved. And he chose all these people over here for destruction. And so what they, that told me was I had a 50-50 shot. And then they said, I couldn't resist God if I wanted to. And they said, once I'm in, I'm always in. And then they said, you can't, can't lose it. And so I'm sitting here doing the math and I'm going, well, if God chose it from the beginning of time and I didn't have a choice, and then, you know, once I'm in, I'm always in no matter what. And then I can't lose what I've got, right? So you're telling me it was a 50-50 shot. I either won the lotto or I'd lost it. No matter what I do. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll flip that coin and go on that's, with my life. That's just about the same as, as playing the lottery. It's it's That's exactly what it's... it's the, I'm it's, either going to win or I'm not. It's the divine lottery. And you either won <laughs> or you lost. That's you ridiculous. Know? It's 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 bankrupt is what it is. It's ridiculous. It is bankrupt. So we serve this awesome, powerful, loving God who... What? So we're all going through this for what? For his kicks? <laughs> You know, he chose all this for, I mean, think of how, how preposterous this is. So he chose everybody from beginning to time. So God not only knows where they're going, but he made them go where they're going. And so what? We're going through this, what? Because God's sadistic? Think of the implications of this foolishness, but this is where people are at. Why? Because it says, because God says that Pharaoh's going to harden his heart and then God's going to get sick of him doing it. And so then God's going to get his glory through him one way or the other. Because God's going to come punish his wickedness. We've come up with this foolish scheme. God loves you. That's the fact. God sent his son to die for you. So if you're if you're confused about any of this, if you're sitting there thinking to myself, man, well, if, how, how does this work? How does God know? And how do I still have a choice? Come talk to us. Absolutely. Don't let that be the reason you don't follow God. Absolutely. Don't let that be the reason that today you don't make you don't make a change in your life and decide to get into this book and find the words of life. Because Jesus said, because Jesus pointed that exact thing out. And if you want to find it, what does he say in Colossians? All right. He says uh, in chapter one, oh gosh, it was just on the tip of my tongue and now it ran away from me. He says in Colossians chapter one, he says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, with mm -hmm. all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Right. If it all, if it was all predestined and it all, and God set it all up from the beginning of time, if that's really what happened there, okay, think about it for a second. Why is this apostle encouraging this church to grow? He doesn't have to. They're either going to grow or they're not. They're either in or they're out, mm -hmm. right? That's not how it works. Don't listen to that. You have a choice. Make the choice today. Come follow God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, bless us as we uh, as we strive to understand, as we strive to apply. Uh, I pray for our audience as they as they look at their own lives and as they strive to decide what it is that, that you're requiring of them. Uh, we've tried to tell them this this morning. We've tried to tell them that that uh, they have a choice. They have a choice to choose to follow you. Uh, they there's things going on in each one of their lives that that you know about, and there are things that that are plans of yours. 
And I just pray, Father, that they will they will look to you and they will decide to follow you with everything they have. Bless them and bless us, Father, as we continue to study with them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.